0: Welcome to American Lit. I'm Steve Hamstra. Come on in and we'll explore the letters and literature of our American forebears. This is episode 46 of American Lit, and today we meet James Russell Lowell. A famous 1800s American poet, and where else would he be from but Massachusetts? Seems like any 1800s poet or writer worth their salt is from Massachusetts. Anyway, he served as a diplomat later in his life, uh, first in Spain and then the United Kingdom, uh, using his fame and gravitas as a well-known poet uh, to lend influence and good name to the United States, so on and so forth. Uh, If you look up some photos, uh, this dude crushed the beard game, though, so I give him mad props for that. In fact, I'll throw up a photo uh, of him on our Twitter feed. That's at American underscore lit. So we're going to read a poem today, right? Um, Well, I had every intent to, but uh, then I discovered a speech that he gave called The Place of the Independent in Politics. Uh, it was given in New York City on April thirteenth, eighteen 1888. Here we go. If the dangers and temptations of parties be such as I have indicated, and I do not think that I have overstated them, It is for the interest of the best men in both parties that there should be a neutral body, not large enough to form a party by itself, nay, which would lose its power for good if it attempted to form such a party, and yet large enough to moderate between both and to make both more cautious in their choice of candidates and in their connivance with evil practices. If the politicians must look after the parties, there should be somebody to look after the politicians. Somebody to ask disagreeable questions and to utter uncomfortable truths. Somebody to make sure, if possible, before election, not only what, but whom the candidate, if elected, is going to represent. What to me is the saddest feature of our present methods is the pitfalls which they dig in the path of ambitious and able men who feel that they are fitted for a political career, that by character and training they could be of service to their country, yet who find every avenue closed to them unless at the sacrifice of the very independence which gives them a claim to what they seek. As in semi-barbarous times the sincerity of a converted Jew was tested by forcing him to swallow pork, so these are required to gulp without a wry face what is as nauseous to them. I would do all in my power to render such loathsome compliances unnecessary. The pity of it is that with our political methods the hand is of necessity subdued to what it works in, It has been proved, I think, that the old parties are not to be reformed from within. It is from without that the attempt must be made, and it is the independents who must make it. It is through its politics, through its capacity for government, the noblest of sciences, that a nation proves its right to a place among the other beneficent forces of nature. For politics permeate more widely than any other force, and reach every one of us, soon or late, to teach or to debauch. We are confronted with new problems and new conditions. We, and the population which is to solve them, are very unlike that of 50 years ago. As I was walking not long ago in the Boston public garden, I saw two Irishmen looking at Ball's equestrian statue of Washington and wondering who was the personage thus commemorated. I had been brought up among the still living traditions of Lexington, Concord, Bunker Hill, and the Siege of Boston. To these men, Ireland was still their country, and America a place to get their daily bread. This put me upon thinking, what then is patriotism, and what its true value to a man? Was it merely an unreasoning and almost cat-like attachment to a certain square miles of the earth's surface, made up in almost equal parts of lifelong association, hereditary tradition, and parochial prejudice? This is the narrowest and most provincial form, as it is also perhaps the strongest of that passion or virtue, whichever we choose to call it. But did it not fulfill the essential condition of giving men an ideal outside themselves which would awaken in them capacities for devotion and heroism that are deaf even to the penetrating cry of self? All the moral good of which patriotism is the fruitful mother, my two Irishmen had in abundant measure, and it had wrought in them marvels of fidelity and self-sacrifice, which made me blush for the easier terms on which my own duties of the like kind were habitually fulfilled. Were they not daily pinching themselves that they might pay their tribute to the old hearthstone or the old cause three thousand miles away? If tears tingle our eyes when we read of the like loyalty in the clansmen of the attainted and exiled Lochiel, shall this leave us unmoved? I laid the lesson to heart. I would, in my own way, be as faithful as they to what I believe to be the best interests of my country. Our politicians are so busy studying the local eddies of prejudice or interest that they allow the main channel of our national energies to be obstructed by dams for the grinding of private grist. Our leaders no longer lead, but are as skillful as Indians in following the faintest trail of public opinion. I find it generally admitted that our moral standard in politics has been lowered and is every day going lower. Some attribute this to our want of a leisure class. It is to a book of the Apocrypha that we are indebted for the invention of the man of leisure. But a leisure class without a definite object in life and without generous aims is a bane rather than a blessing. It would end in the weariness and cynical pessimism in which its great exemplar Ecclesiastes ended, without leaving us the gift which his genius left. What we want is an active class who will insist in season and out of season that we shall have a country whose greatness is measured not only by its square miles, its number of yards woven, of hogs packed, of bushels of wheat raised, not only by its skill to feed and clothe the body, but also by its power to feed and clothe the soul. A country which shall be as great morally as it is materially. A country whose very name shall not only, as it now does, stir us with the sound of a trumpet, but shall call out all that is best within us by offering us the radiant image of something better and nobler and more enduring than of something that shall fulfill our own thwarted aspiration. When we are but a handful of forgotten dust in the soil trodden by a race, whom we shall have helped to make more worthy of their inheritance than we ourselves had the power, I might also say the means to be. Hmm, interesting speech, isn't it? Uh, So are you ready to join that active class that will feed and clothe the soul of our nation? Soaring rhetoric, to be sure, that he reaches there. Although I can't say that I agree with his description of politics as, quote, the noblest of sciences. Though he was a retired politician when he gave this speech, so uh, maybe a little self-interest there. But I'd say politics pretty much always debauches rather than teaches. Uh, Anyway, on to his key point that there should be a neutral, independent to mediate between the political parties and inspire us all to the greater good. Uh, Honestly, I'm skeptical. Uh, While the idea may be noble enough, uh, I don't think a new independent party, so to speak, would play politics any better than the existing parties. Uh, I think politics is inherently messy. Which is why I believe in a smaller government that, in essence, doesn't have the power to screw up our lives through the political jousting of people or parties. Ah, Alright, off the soapbox here. And uh, if you'd like to hear me get back on the soapbox in future episodes, uh, go ahead and subscribe to American Lit on iTunes, Google Play, and uh, Stitcher. And uh, would you leave a good review there as well with uh, some American flag emojis tossed in? And if you think uh, your friends and family and uh, all your Facebook acquaintances would enjoy American Lit, uh, go ahead and share this episode and involve them in the conversation as well. That's it for our show today. Find this episode anytime at AmericanLit.com, where you'll also find lots more good literature and letters. That's AmericanLit.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at at American underscore Lit. Goodbye, friend. And God bless you.